0: i got another special gift today. I appreciate Brother Beeler and his family. Uh, Years ago, when Dr. Robertson passed, uh, he had an estate sale that a lot of his personal belongings um, people were able to get, and uh, I was given a lapel pin of his today, Dr. Robertson. So I don't normally wear a tie pin like this, but I thought since it was his, I ought to wear it. (laughs) So maybe a little bit of that will rub off on me, Amen. Would you open uh, your precious Bible tonight uh, to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Appreciate that, Brother Mike, and uh, I like that. That's an old one, old one. And uh, I'm going to just read the whole chapter. Of course, we know that this is considered the love chapter. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning with verse number one. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, And understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. And though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things, charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail, whether they be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, now I know in part, but then... Shall I know even as also I am known? And now about a faith, hope, charity. These three. But the greatest of these is charity. What a chapter. Amen. Heavenly Father, I pray you'll help us tonight as we look and expound upon thy word. Bless now in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to think about it. You know, a lot of times when there's a popular passage, scripture, it's a passage that we've read a lot or We've heard a lot. We really don't pay attention to all of the details, and I want you to understand, when you look at the first few verses of chapter 13, it really, really explains the primacy of love. Now, I want you to think about this a minute. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and listen, that's talking about someone that has great oration. They could speak as an angel, or they could speak in such a way that would be dynamic and Although it might bring people to tears. If you're not doing that out of the motive of love, the Bible says that you're just a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. It's just noise. It's just noise. Notice this. And though I have the gift of prophecy, which I believe is ended, there's no need for it today, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith. Now think of that, this, so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. So let's say that someone can do something as powerful and have faith, and they have all of these things that look like they're something. If that is motivated by anything other than love, it's nothing. Look at verse three, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, you know, people can give to the poor. By the way, that's a good thing. But what, what the Lord's dealing with here is the motive of why are you giving something to the poor. The motive of that ought to be love. It ought to be charity. So the Bible says, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned. Now here's an interesting statement. He said, even if someone would give their body for something, the ultimate sacrifice, and it be not for love, the Bible says it profiteth him nothing. Now think just listening to that phrase, that just goes to tell you how much God is trying to emphasize love. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. These are so many things here. So I want to just, I want to preach a little bit tonight on just this thought. Love is. Love is. What is love? Now, there was a new pastor that took a church. And, you know, it was a church that had ran through the pastors. They had quite a few pastors. And, by the way, normally, if there's quite a few pastors that go through a church in a short period of time, usually something's wrong. Usually. I'm not saying always, but usually. And uh, every time he got up to preach, he preached the same message. that 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 you ought to love one another. 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 And finally the deacon board came to him and said look pastor we're a little tired. Do you not have another message and how much longer are you going to preach that message? He said well I'm preaching that message on purpose. He said well how long are you going to preach it? He said did y'all actually start doing it? All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You're right.
1: Hmm.
0: This chapter I believe is one of the most overlooked chapters in the whole Bible. It's powerful. By the way it's great teaching and I'm not trying to be ugly it's another time, but I believe it's also a great teaching on absolutely dispense or certain sign gifts. And we know that one of them that he talks about here is tongues, the Bible says, they'll cease, they've ceased. Why have they ceased? Because that which is perfect has come. Now there's different Bible scholars that would say, well, that which is perfect has come is Christ." Others believe and I personally believe that which is perfect has come is the written word of God. So there's no more need for tongues because we have God's word right here. There's no more needs for prophecy to look at me. We got all of it we need right here. And he very clearly says here in verse chapter number 13 the Bible says for we know in part uh, charity never see again the, the subject here is love he said love will never cease it will never fail but whether there be prophecies they shall fail in other words they won't be needed whether there be tongues they shall cease they will stop there will be a time and I believe that time has already passed that tongues was needed before the Bible was completed so they'll cease whether there be knowledge it shall vanish away by the way knowledge will absolutely vanish away Uh, Think about this. For why? We know in part, but we prophesy in part. But he's trying to put the emphasis and the primacy on love that it never faileth. So think about this. We're living in a world. We're living in a day. We're living in a society. To be quite honest with you, the whole world is confused about love. What is it? What What is it really? Think about it. What what is love? Love is what? We must see what the Bible says. Look, 1 John 4.16 says this, God is love. He is absolutely the unadulterated, purest form of love, God. He is love. So when we think about love, to know love is to know Christ. To really know, you've got to be tapped into the source. If God is love, then we must know God. We must be into the source. Think about it. We must know the source. So much today of what we're ta- teaching people today, there's some type of a lust or some type of emotional love. That's not agape love. There's a brotherly love. We know that's Phileo, Philadelphia, the, the, the city of, of brotherly love. We understand that. That's different than God's, the, the, the agape love, real true love. What is it? And we find so much about it right here. To love, you must know love. And to be able to know love, you must know God. And the way that you know God is through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So let me just start tonight on a couple of things here. If we're going to talk about what love is, and it's right here in the passage, then we must start out by saying what love is not. The Bible says here, now notice this in verse number 5. The Bible says... Doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own. You know, let me just say this true love, agape love, is not selfish. Can I give everybody a little test? And some of you young folk that you might say, Well, I want to get married. Well, can I give you a little test whether you're ready to get married or not? Here's one of the tests. If you truly love that person, you're going to be more worried about what you can give them and do for them than what you can get back. If you're not ready to love them with all your heart, you, want to, you have more joy of loving them and showing them love than look at me. You ain't got no business getting married. Love's not selfish. Now, let me say this. We are selfish people. That does not mean that there's not going to be times that we struggle with selfishness. But true love is not selfish. Love is not selfish. We don't properly love if our motives are motivated in love by, by selfishness. That's not love. God says that it doesn't seek their own. Do you know why? I know that a mother's love and a child—a mother's love is a beautiful love. It's a wonderful love. You know why it's so beautiful? Because you read all through history that mothers are willing to lay down their life for their children. Amen. Amen. That's love. You know, have you ever had someone say, "Well, I wish I could take that from you." I think my family has always said, "Oh, I'd rather have that sickness in you than you," because they're tired of me whining. You've ever said something to somebody as, hey, I wish I, could, I wish I could take it and you didn't have to? That's love. It's not selfish. But you know what? I've learned this. It's the mark of the day. It's the mark of the day. You know what I believe? We're training our children to be selfish. See, when someone's truly ready to enter into a relationship, if they truly love that person, they're going to want to give more than get. Their joy, our joy should be that we can be, we can show our love to someone else. Now, we all fail, but it's not selfish. And then the Bible says in verse 6 that it rejoiceth not in iniquity. So love does not rejoice in sin. Look, when you truly love somebody you're going to be affected by that loved one's sin. You're going to love them. That's why when you love your children, look, you know that sin will destroy their life. You don't rejoice in sin. You don't laugh. It means more than just, oh, I'm going to laugh at that sin. No, it, love is it's the, it's the, trying to explain that true love doesn't rejoice in sin. You're not, not just laughing about it, but it's though you're not taking any thought of it. Honestly, when someone we love, we truly love, that sin in their life, because we know where it's going to lead us, where it's going to lead to them, it breaks our hearts. So love is not selfish, love is not rejoicing in sin, but let's just talk a few minutes here tonight right out of the text. Love is what? What we find right here, the Bible says, that it's patient. I don't know about y'all, but I'm a very impatient person. We live in a day where we breed impatience. You know why? Because, you know, I think back in the years ago, look, I remember, I know this is crazy, but I remember in the early 80s, the late 70s, man, TV dinners. (laughs) Man, I thought that was the best thing. I loved them things. How I many of y'all love TV dinners? Some of you ain't even old enough to know what I'm talking about. You know that Salisbury steak? With them mashed potatoes you had to whip up, you know, in that little corner. The only thing about them TV dinners I didn't like, they never had enough mashed potatoes in them. And that was the best thing on the whole thing. But you know, when them things got, and then when the microwave come out. Man. You could cook that stuff for five minutes. Man, you have a hot meal there. And, you know, so we live in a day where everything's become easier. You know, everything's become easier. But see, the Bible says that love is patient. You know what that means? It, it's long-suffering. You know what that means? Let's put it in practical terms. If we love someone, we allow for improvements. We allow for improvements. (laughs) Can I help every lady here tonight? You did not marry, you're not in a relationship with a perfect man. There is not one. And the more I've been alive and the more that I deal in counseling and things, I'm just going to say something to us guys. We are almost borderline idiots (laughs) at times. Now don't amen too loud there, ladies. <laughs> and you know, it amazes me, God made us so different, and we are, we are different. But you know, I want to say to all the ladies, um, y- your man might have some faults. He might have some issues, and, and I'm just going to say this to you, that's why you got him. Because God said, "When," some's having way too much fun. But God said, "When." Now think about this. Adam was alone, and God said it wasn't good, so He created him a what? A help me. You know what that word means? Completer. So I, it amazes me sometimes, ladies. You're so fed up with your husband, but I want to look at you and say, well, "It's your fault." If you've been with him long enough, that's what you got him for is to help him. That's what God said, you're to be his helpmate. Now gentlemen, we ought to be kind enough and we ought to be wise enough to let him help us. but here's what I'm trying to say. that don't always happen overnight. And if you're going to be long-suffering, then you must allow for improvements. They're not go- some things they might get overnight, but sometimes it might take many years. But can I help every lady here just a minute? how many of you were cheerleaders in grade school or high school? would you raise your hand? y'all know what your goal was you were to pep up and to cheer the team. You were to keep the momentum going on on the football field or in the basketball arena whatever it might be but that was your re- and so you you have to understand this whether you were ever a cheerleader in grade school middle school or high school or college when you got married you just became a full-time cheerleader you know the best way to encourage your husband is don't talk about all of his faults. At least pick out if there's just one little thing that he done good, just brag on it. <laughs> just compliment him on the one thing. The pastor, you don't understand. He's got a whole lot more negatives than he does positive. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, if you focus in on the negatives, it takes the heart out of him. Patient. Love is patient. Now I don't know about y'all. I know certain circumstance lends to certain things, but this has to do with being patient. Love is not ready to drop the hammer or to drop the, or to pull the hatch. Y'all ever watch? I watched one of the uh, World War II war criminals the other day. They, actually, I seen that on YouTube. They, 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 they hung him on the gallows. And man, I mean, they pulled that that hatch, and man, down he went. And and he hummed right there. I mean, and here's the thought that I'm trying to say: love is not ready to pull the hatch. Love is allowing for improvements. That's patient. First Peter four eight. The Bible says this: charity shall cover a multitude of sins. Number two. What else is love? We find it right here in the scripture. Charity suffers long. Here's the next one. That was verse four. Charity suffers long. That's patient. Then look at the next one, and it's kind. Now, that's simple, isn't it? Kind, kind. You know what? We've lost kindness in this society. You say, Pastor, what's that? Love is kind. Think of this. And by the way, we all fail here. But what about the tone of our voice? Well, I've learned this. I've failed in this. Love is kind. The tone of our voice. What about the sharpness of our voice? Kind. What about this? Gestures of kindness. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody, but you know, I was encouraged today. And it was something small, but it picked up. uh, And I'm not trying to embarrass her. She happens to be here tonight. But faith. We were at mom and dad's house today. And mom fixes supper every Sunday for a big, large group of people. Every Sunday. And I mean, it's a, it's a big group, and I couldn't imagine how, and I know mom well enough that she spends all day Saturday evening prepping for Sunday, and we all have a great, and you know, I just was encouraged by this faith, and you know, she, I say she's young, she's, she's an adult, but she's young. And just out of the blue, I was sitting on the chair, and I heard her, she looked at mom and said, Nanny, thank you for this. But man, I'm going to tell you right now, man, that was a blessing. That was kind, because you know what? I've lived in a day where most of the people walk up from that and just walk away, and that's kind of the way we are, and we don't even think about it anymore. And then I, I even said this, I'm going to throw one out to Clay. I have never been at a dinner table at our house that Laura has fixed and prepared a meal, and I mean this, that Clay has never, she, he, I've never heard him or been at a meal table with him with his mother, that he's never said, thank you, Mom. Now here's what I say that for. You have to do that on purpose. That's a kind gesture. We live in such an unkind world. We live in such unkind relationships. and let me park here just a second. I expect the world to be unkind, but here's what's sad. Now even in the churches where Christians ought to have the greatest of relationships, it is amazing of how unkind we have become. Love is kind. Can I say the Bible says right here, right in the text, what else is love? Love is what beareth all things. Beareth all things. You know what that means? Love, love bears burdens together. Love. You help carry the load. See, there's so many things that tear down a relationship. There's so many things that tears down a marriage. By the way, we could talk about all relationships. By the way, that's one reason why the church family is so important because we ought to be able to love one another that we can help burden the, help bear the burdens with one another. Brother Curran said something to me years ago. He said, you know, look, he said, uh, when you're the pastor of a church, he said, I got burdens, and there's everybody in the church got burdens, and so when I come here to this church, then my burdens become your burdens. If... That is a biblical love in a biblical church, yes, because the Bible says we're to bear one another's burden. But if you don't love somebody, you're not going to bear their burdens. That's why when the Bible talks about a hireling or a pastor, a hireling or a shepherd, the shepherd's going to love the sheep where they're looking at me now. Looky, looky. I got tongue twisted there. Looky, looky. Look here. Look here. The Bible talks about that hireling, Brother Sexton. There's a hireling, then there's a shepherd. I'm going to teach you all something about that. If someone's a true shepherd, he's going to do it whether he gets paid or not. If a man's only in the ministry because of the money, he ain't worth the penny that he's getting paid. And by the way, you don't pay the preacher. People talk like, ah, you pay the for No, you don't pay the preacher. You take care of his needs so he can pastor the church. Yeah, I don't know of a pastor that can't pay his debt that can pastor a church and do any benefit for anybody there. Amen. That's the silliest thing I've ever heard. Well, we pay the pastor. No, you don't pay the pastor. What do you do? 99. What is it? Did we get a deal this week? $9.99 for a funeral? <coughs> What's a hospital visit call? Oh, that's, a, that's on special this week. It's $49.99 you don't pay the pastor a real pastor is not doing it because he's being paid the motive is not money the motive is love motive is love he beareth up under things See, there's so many things that tears down a relationship, a marriage, a church family's relationship. There can be so many things, but we're to burden. Today we see people finding burdens to try to put on relationships so they can stop. But the Bible says we're to bear all things. Beareth all things. Love is what? Right here in the text. Here's another one. Believeth all things. Believeth all things. You know, our beliefs affect our behavior. What we believe affects the way we live. For instance, how many of y'all believe there's a heaven? How many of y'all believe there's a hell? And the truth about that is what do we believe on how to get to heaven and stay away from hell? My soul, there's different beliefs. I believe the Bible. I believe that God became man. His name was Jesus. He was born of a virgin. It's a historical fact that he lived on this earth. We know that he lived for 33 and a half years. History records it. The Bible records it. We know that he was wrongfully tried, wrongfully accused, wrongfully put to death, put in a borrowed tomb, and on the third day he raised from the dead. And because he raised from the dead, he defeated death, he defeated hell, and he defeated the grave. And the only way we can defeat all three of those things, because they're final without Jesus, We've got to defeat them through Jesus Christ. And so I believe. But our beliefs affect our behavior. So let me ask you this question. What do we believe about marriage? What do we believe about love? Love believes. Have you ever heard someone say it's a hopeless romantic? You believe. You know what? I love the Lord so much. I'm going to tell you what. I believe him. I believe him. And you know what? He loves me so much, I can believe him. Now we all fail. Do we believe what God says? I'm going to say this. For the love of Christ constrains me. I'm going to tell you something else. Love Believes. I love God so much, I believe His promises. Believes. Can I just say this? Love is what? It hopes. Boy, I've talked to couples before, and they're struggling. And you know, sometimes all they need to hear It's just a little bit of hope. Well, we live in such a hopeless world. You know, people want to make everything seem hopeless. But you know what? With the Lord Jesus Christ, we can hope. You say, Pastor, can it get better? Oh, I hope it will. Can things change? Oh, I hope they will. Can that happen, Pastor? I hope it will. I hope. I hope. Look, the Bible says love hopes. It never gives up. We can always hope in Christ, his goodness, his working in our lives. God is always working. I'll give you a little an illustration. i I got one more, and I'm going to close. So i see what time it is. But um, I'll never forget this, and maybe this will break it down. I'll never forget, years ago, and I've told it before, but Brother Clark Morgan was a man in our church, and he was a, an ER nurse. Actually, he was a surgical nurse. And um, he was there at the hospital one night, and uh, a gentleman that used to go to our church there at Greystone he had a massive heart attack. Some type of a massive something took place, and they were rushing him. Well, they called the hospital. The ambulance was in route. They got the surgery ready. They got the surgical team together. And uh, Clark said, I'm sitting there scrubbing in, and Dr. Lee's over there scrubbing in. He's going to do the surgery. I'm the nurse going to be assisting. And he said, I knew what was coming in. I even knew the man that was coming in. And he said, the procedure, he said, I knew as a surgical nurse that it was a very low chance that this would ha- work. So he just looked over at Dr. Lee and says, Dr. Lee, what is the probability that this surgery will work for this man tonight? And Dr. Lee looked at him and said, oh, Clark, very low, very low, very low. And Clark said, I sat there and kept scrubbing in. He said, I got to think of then why are we doing it? So he said, I just asked him. He said, Dr. Lee, that if the probability of this procedure working is very low, then why do we do it? And the doctor looked at Clark and said, Clark, let me tell you why. Because if we don't do it, it just went to a little to nothing. Hope. Love hopes. Hey, what is love? Love does what? The Bible says never faileth. It endures. It doesn't stop. It's constant. No matter what, it's worth fighting for. It's not always romantic. It's not always glitz and glamour. You know, I had this idea, you know, and, and I don't know if any of y'all, y'all put this put this down now. I don't know about y'all, but like when you date, when you when you're courting. You know, you're always trying to get them to see at your best. But that all goes away when you get married. Because let me help y'all with something. Then you share the same house with one another. You see the good. Hey, you see the bad. And you see the ugly. I, I'm just going to be honest with y'all you'll never know how much you love. And I'm not trying to be ugly here tonight, but I'm telling you right now, you ever watched you, somebody that you love have the stomach virus? Come on now. I'm not trying to be ugly here, but I'm going to tell you right now. You say, Pastor, that's silly. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, if you can't handle that stuff, you don't love each other. Love endures, Right? I'm going to be careful I'm just trying to be practical because we live in a day where it's like people are trying to find reasons to stop loving somebody and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to stay off of the illustration I was going to use. I'm going to just say this. Physical beauty is only skin deep. Someone said, of their wife, said, looked over at her husband, she said, honey, she said, will you love me when my hair turns gray? He said, well, of course. He said, I've loved you through 13 different color changes. Love endures, Amen? Amen. I'm gonna use it. <laughs> when I was when I was a teenager, I thought I was in love, and there was this girl that I was kind of courting in the like the soft, my sophomore year, and I'm just being being honest, and I thought I loved this girl. But one day she came to school, she had the biggest zit you ever seen in your life right on the end of her nose. And I'm being honest, when she walked in there that day, I couldn't see anything but that. And I know y'all are going to hate, y'all are going to think I am awful. It was awful. I broke up with that girl because that's (laughs) it. Now, I put a little bit of padding on that and said, oh, you know, it just ain't time. Oh, I just, you know, I think we've tried. But the truth was, I mean, Mount Vesuvius. So I'm going to give you all a little hint. I didn't love that girl. Because I'm going to tell you right now, when you truly love somebody, the physical don't matter. Love endures. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to our feet. I think Brother Don's going to dismiss us tonight. I didn't just leave that with humor. Listen, love's the real thing. It's a serious thing. And I want to say to you tonight, every one of you know this, the Lord Jesus, he loves you. And he loved you so much that he gave the ultimate sacrifice to pay for our sin dead on the cross. And if you don't know him tonight, I would beg and plead with you tonight, trust him tonight, he'll save you. He said, Pastor, I'm not deserving of it. I know you're not, neither am I, but he loves you anyway. And it was the love for us, the love for the world, that motivated him to go to the cross and pay the sin debt for us. Oh, what love. And so because he loves us, we ought to love him back. Amen? Amen. How many of you tonight to know the Lord Jesus spoke to your heart about something? Then why don't as we pray tonight, why don't we just ask the Lord to speak to our hearts, nail some things down in our hearts and help us tonight. Let's take a moment and then I'm going to ask Brother Don, he can come and dismiss us.
1: We'll pray, and we'll be dismissed here in just a moment. But first of all, I want to ask uh, the pastor and his family, they have gone over. So if you could go right on over to the gym. And then let's make sure we uh, help those senior citizens go in line first and the rest of us afterwards. That'd be good. So uh, pastor's family, go on over there. And uh, again, we thank the Lord for the day. The Lord's given to us here. It's been a good day. And we praise the Lord for it. And let's ask the Lord's blessings on our, um, our fellowship and the food that we're about to eat now. And again, uh, please let them go and then let the uh, senior citizens go through the line and so forth. That would be a blessing. All right? Let's pray. Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the love of Christ. We thank you for what you did for us on Calvary. You gave all so that we could have uh, eternal life. Thank you, Lord, for that tonight. We also want to thank you, Lord, for this time of fellowship. We want to thank you, Lord, for our pastor and his family here, 14 years. Here we are on our 14th time of having a fellowship with him. Help us not to take this for granted. Help us, Lord, to realize that we don't know what the next 12 months could hold. So help us, Lord, to enjoy what we have. And that, Father Lord, that you lift up our pastor, help him, encourage him, Lord, in every... Pastor of the ministry here, help us to love one another too. Help us to be unified that we could carry on the work of here that you've given to us to do. And we'll praise you for it. Again, thank you for the food. Thank you for the folks that fixed it today. I thank you for them. Now, Lord, guide us and direct us. We'll thank you for what done and said in your precious name. Amen.